0: All right, welcome everybody to our latest Between the Races podcast on the MX Vice Network. Thank you everyone for listening and supporting the site. We really appreciate it. we first like to thank our sponsors in Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, ASU Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, O'Neill, and of course, Strokes for all their incredible support, as without them, none of this would be possible. All right, for this episode, we have another Whiskey Throttle Times MX Vice collaboration as I'm joined by a special guest, Whiskey Throttle Editor-at-Large, Jeff Beaver. How's life? And thanks for joining us, mate.
1: Hey, thanks for having me on, man. Life's good, man. Uh, it's uh, sunny and 75 uh, Fahrenheit here in uh, Southern California and uh, got a busy week coming up.
0: Yeah, mate, just tell us a little bit about the week, what you've got coming up, and I guess tell us about your role at Whiskey Throttle as well, how you got into the position, how much you're enjoying it. Obviously, you're just fueled by passion and love what you do, working with some awesome people like Pingree, who obviously, you know, you guys came over and chatted with the MX Vice guys around the Farley Castle World Vet. So just tell us all about your role, mate, and the exciting things coming up.
1: Um, So just, uh, I got into, you know, I've been watching Moto my entire life, you know, uh, since the probably mid eighties i'm 47 so yeah probably probably about a year or two before bob hannah retired i remember seeing stuff in cycle news about majora 86 and all that stuff you know and i was just like wow this is the coolest thing ever and ricky johnson and his bad boy posters you know i had one of those on my wall when i was a kid and uh, i think i went to my first race in san jose at night in 1992 um that was the night that uh bale lost the title to stanton you know you got hunted off the track but chicken was there Bradshaw, i mean just everybody you could ever want to see race in a motorcycle they were there that and i after that i was just hook line sinker i was in so i've been going my whole life i grew up in northern california going to Hangtown, going to san francisco supercross stuff like that I, you know sometimes i'd make a trip down to anaheim when i could afford to go and and, um, just, just grow up riding off road, never a moto rider, or nothing like that, but just always admired motocross and supercross, and just loved it. And so fast forward, you know, grow up career in the moto in- or, um, oil and mining industry. And, um, I got married and ended up, uh, moving around and we ended, we landed in Southern California in the beginning of 2018. My wife got a good job over here and, I was like, man, I don't know anybody down here. I got no friends, nothing, you know, when I'm home, I would just sit there and kind of like, what the hell do I do? You get down on the beach and you're like, okay, you've seen, seen all the sand. You can see, and like, man, I need to get a dirt bike and, you know, start riding again. So I had no Instagram. And so I decided to get on Instagram and I'm like, okay, well, either it's politics or moto and, you know, politics will just ruin you. So <laughs> I decided to, you know, start following a bunch of riders and I saw David Pingree's name pop up and I'm like, Oh, I remember that guy. He was funny as shit. You know, nobody, nobody was more sarcastic. And, uh, and what was that electronic thing? He was just hilarious. You know, and and if you, if you messed around said something stupid, you you got the horn. I mean, he would just give it to you. You know, he's mellowed out. He's a little, he's an older bull now, you know, but he was (laughs) funny as So I added him. And then that's when I saw, you know, I started cruising through and I saw the whiskey throttle show. And I'm like, well, what the hell is this? And so I, I went on YouTube and I uh, watched the DeCoster episode and I was hooked. So it kind of reminded me of uh, w- what were those, uh, the MX Diaries? Uh, or What was back in the day that they did? It was like that, but just long form and just a modern way cooler version, but it, it, it kind of, I love those MX diaries and it just kind of reminded me of that, you know? And I was like, dude, this is awesome. So I started watching every show. So fast forward about a year and a half, Dave was doing a couple of live shows a year down here in, in Corona or down the street from my house in Laguna beach. He would do one in the parking lot of Troy's shop and Troy Lee designs. And so they did one with uh, Kalani Robb, who's a pro surfer. And I'm like, well, I'm going, you know. So that was in September of 19. I went down there, met Dave, you know, just briefly said hi, you know, went to the show, had a great time. I mean, just a a blast. GL was uh, part of the crew. Donnie Bales. Donnie was cool as hell. So ended up just, you know, every time a live show would come up, I'd go to those and uh, I went Terry Hart, uh, Ricky Carmichael's. It was cool. Uh, I want a set of wheels for my truck at Ricky's show, you know? And uh, so that, that was pretty awesome. That made my day, but, uh, and then right after that, COVID hit, you know, so Dave kind of, you know, seeing I was a regular around there and I, you know, I didn't cause a ruckus or whatever. And, you know, I was having a good time and, you know, we shoot the shit a little bit, but n- nothing much. And then coronavirus hit. Right. So, um, you know, I'd, comment quite a bit, you know, a regular on the on the channel on the page, you know, when stuff would come up. And then he ended up following me one day. And I was uh I was in quarantine in Montreal, Quebec for two weeks over Thanksgiving. And I'm about that that was a test of my mental fortitude right there. Sitting in a hotel room for two weeks. If if I didn't have a little patio outside to go out and get fresh air, I think I would have pucked myself through the window probably. But You know, so I was just sitting there, you know, looking on uh, Instagram one day and he added me, I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool, you know, so our friendship just kind of grew through there, from there through, through the uh, pandemic and, you know, uh, I ended up, during the Brian Deegan taping, if if you ever go see that, I ended up winning an OGO bag, you know, it was like one of those contests where you buy a t-shirt and if you're the 14th person, well, I got lucky and I, I won a big OGO gear bag. And so, like a couple days later, he texts me. and He goes, "Hey, you live in Southern California, don't you?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he goes, "Hey, you, you just want to come over and watch uh, one of the tapings of the show that next week and uh, just pick it up? I mean, I, it's going to cost me an arm and a leg to ship this thing." I said, like, "No problem." So I went and hung out, and he was taping Randy Lawrence's show. So I hung out and uh, got to meet Randy, and it was just cool, you know. It was just me, Randy, and and uh, Pink, you know, and and the producer, and so we did that. And then uh, he's like, hey, man, if you ever just want to come watch a live show, if you see me post about or I mean, if I'm taping somebody, you know, send me a message, roll through. So I started doing that, you know, and then just kind of more and more just be kind of game buddies, you know, you uh, kind of start out Instagram friends and then, you know, just kind of become buddies, you know, and uh, um, so fast forward, I go to a lot of races from my traveling the world working in oil and mining i got a ton of uh points for airline miles and stuff so there was a while like as soon as i went nuts in 21 when they opened everything back up i went i think to six motocross races in 22 i went to like six supercrosses and then like six moto races in the country i'd never been to unadilla or southwick i checked those boxes rad if you guys in europe ever come over go to unadilla go to southwick awesome spots uh Australia wherever you're all coming from. If you're gonna to come to America, those those two places are out on West Coast, Wash for a national, you you're not gonna be disappointed. They're just rad. But uh so anyway, he messages me one day and he goes, Hey, uh you're going to Southwick, uh hey, send me some like sights and sounds clips. I'm like, okay, cool. So I sent them to him, you know, and then what was it the next weekend I went to Wash and uh he sends me a message and he goes hey I want you to interview some riders and I'm like huh? wait, me? And he goes, yeah, you're, you got a good line of bullshit. Uh, Go talk to him, you know? Okay. So I'm like, how do I do that, dude? You know, Mr. Former pro pro guy, you know, how, how do I do this? So he he tells me kind of how to go about getting the interviews. And so I went up and shit that weekend. I interviewed jet Hunter Sexton. I, I, I went to everybody. And uh, if, if you know me, I'm not afraid to talk to anybody. I don't give a shit. You know, I'll go talk to anybody at any time. And, you know, I got Dungy. He was there, got everybody, you know, and he was like, man, this is good. You know, I'm like, cool. And so two weeks later I went to Unadilla and then did a bunch of other stuff. So I've just kind of worked my way in. And anytime I was in an event, I would do stuff like that. Um, going to Hill jam up in Oregon with the Hill brothers that that place is, uh, insane, fun as hell. Great people, good times, you know, go to that. I kind of covered that. And then, uh, just kind of ended up uh, being part of the crew, you know, and uh, really probably about the last year and a half, it's been solid whiskey throttle and, uh, you know, uh, just kind of handle everything day to day, you know, that he needs me to handle, uh, you know, making sure that we got schedules, I help him with that stuff, uh, getting parts for bikes, one of the things I took on that I really love doing, I love working on dirt bikes, so uh, I'll, I'll sit in my garage and any of the media bikes we get, and we build, uh, I'm pretty much doing the majority of those. And, uh, I've got some trainings from some buddies who are, uh, factory race mechanics who showed me how to properly race, prep a bike, you know, and, uh, one of our guys, Bruce Murata, you need to get him on here. This, that guy's, that guy's rad. Uh, he's going to be racing the NGPC series next year, which is kind of our off-road on the West, uh, series. Right. And, um. Uh, when, uh, I got that task, I was like, know, well, that's a little bit different than doing a media bike that ping's going to ride a couple sections or laps, you know, this guy's going to be going hard, wide open for 45 minutes. I don't want the wheel to fall off and be like, oh man, I killed Bruce. This sucks. You know? So I reached out to some homies and they got me some good training uh, recently. And, uh, so now, now I've really got a good handle on what, the factory guys do to the bikes to make sure that they stay together and i'll be doing that with our bikes and I, I just love putting them together and putting the parts on and getting them dialed and just like yeah dude that and then you just sit back and you're like oh man that bike's badass and then ping goes and rips it or bruce goes and rips it so uh but anyway that's how i ended up uh being part of whiskey throttle media i, I really honestly forced got my way into it you know what i mean uh, if you would ask me in 2018 what I'd be doing in tw- the end of 2023, I'd tell you I'd be crawling through a refinery somewhere, not doing <laughs> this, you know, still doing the the refining stuff. In fact, uh, it's funny how many people in that in- industry, in the mining and refining industry are moto fans, and they're like, how in the hell did you end up, you son of a bitch? You no, know, and then uh, now it's like, are you still working on oil? and money? Yes, yes, I am. I just, I just had a surgery. So I had a spine surgery about three weeks ago to clean up some stuff when I broke my back 25 years ago. So uh, off for a little while uh, rehabbing and just uh, not traveling, but come January, I'm going to get back after it. So it kind of sucks because, you know, I you want to go work in a refinery or you want to go work at the motocross track? Well, I want to go work at the motocross track. <laughs> finally pays the bills. So you know, that's kind of the hard part, but you got to, you got to balance it. Right. But, you know, I think anybody in the moto community, if, if you're a moto fan or working in it, you absolutely love, absolutely love motocross, you know, and you'll make it work. My poor wife, you know, I, I've got a saint for a wife. Cause she's like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, I'm having fun. You know, and that's what it all comes down to about having fun.
0: Yeah, mate. Well said. That's such a cool story how you sort of transitioned from fan and I guess a little bit outsider to, you know, media and well and truly an insider, mate. So that's super cool. Must have been, obviously, you mentioned some of the highlights and some of the key things you've learned. But I guess how has 2023 been for you so far, mate? What are some of the key milestones? Obviously, the SMX we were talking about before we jumped on this, how cool that was, especially the LA Coliseum. So another cool year in the books just about, mate. And A1's going to be awesome. But just, yeah, talk us through how it's been for you as a year.
1: So, you know, motocross and supercross was just unreal. Uh, it, if you've ever met Chase Sexton, I've interviewed him a couple of times, just a real nice guy. He, he really is. He's, he's uh Midwest boy, you know, uh, he'll give you the time of day. He's polite, respectful. And, you know a guy you want to see win, right? You after you meet him and talk to him, you just want to see like guy like that win. And he had a lot of struggles in supercross, right? And uh, but he he made it work, you know, and that sucked what happened to Eli. I mean, that was just gut-wrenching to see his leg go pop, you know. But at the end of the day, you gotta be there to win it. And so him winning the supercross title, I thought that was rad. That 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 was cool. Um, there was a lot of guys injured that sucked. Um I'm a big fan of Seth Hamaker. Uh, I really like that guy. He's a good dude, and that dude's got some skills. Keep your eyes on him in 24. And uh, you know, with him getting hurt and not being able to race and then coming back, that was rad to see. And, you know, you looked at his results right out of the gate. He came out firing. You know, how many whole shots that guy did? Uh one of probably one of the other highlights I really liked is I went to Houston uh to watch Deegan. So I've been to all of Jet's premier races. Somehow I just landed there. Jet's first motocross race his first supercross race in America. Deegan's first motocross race, first supercross race. And uh, that video, remember that went viral De- Deegan Rail on that left hand bull turn? I was sitting in the stands watching him and my jaw hit the floor. I just could not. It, you know, some people are like, man, did they speed that up on video? No, they didn't. That kid, oh man, uh, I can't wait until I hope Jet stays healthy his whole career and Deegan does because it's going to be the clash of the Titans when those two get in there. Uh, what Brian's done with Hayden, uh, that kid's just going to be a juggernaut, you know, he, he may be five, six or whatever he is, but when he gets on that bike, he's seven foot tall, you know, look out, he's going to kick your ass, you know, and, uh, and, and jet's not going to back down either. So it's, uh, kind of like the smooth criminal with Jet, and, uh, just, uh, I won't take no for an answer with Hayden. I'm going to kick your ass and be right in your face. And that that's just great for the sport uh, in America. It, it's just going to be rad. Oh, it's gonna be so good.
0: Contrasting styles, contrasting personalities, mate, and they both make it work and they're both absolute weapons on a dirt bike. So following those guys will keep the media happy for the next decade plus, mate. It's gonna be so good. And obviously, with you being right in the heart of it in Southern California there in the hub, just ready to, you know, battle it out. I come A1, mate. And before we chatted more about you, how a good day one gonna be, mate? Are you already getting super excited? Obviously, we touched on the Lawrence brothers. Obviously, you're assuming we're hoping Deegan goes West Coast, mate, just to add to the buzz, but then obviously rocks. Tomac Sexton on the KTM. Mookie, Christian, Craig, AP, AC, Cooper, Webb on that Yamaha, mate. It's going to be so tough for a lot of these dudes just to make main events, isn't it? Some of the privateers will be really up against it. Certainly got to rock and roll to sort of make that top twenty-two, isn't it, mate? It's going to be pretty fascinating those LCQs as well as another subplot. So, how excited are you as a whiskey throttle member and
1: just as a I, yeah. it's going to be kind of like, man, what way do I go? There's so much, you know what I mean, uh, with Beta coming in with Benny and and uh, Colt coming in and and Triumph, and then uh, I don't know when Ducatis coming in, but. We- we got three more factory efforts coming in. That's going to be six factory guys, at least. Right. And so to kind of touch on what you're saying, the the way I see it, I, I, you know, and I, this is just my personal opinion. I have no uh, information from anyone on it, but you'd have to be blind not to see how successful, uh, uh formula one is and how they run their series right and so it's all factory efforts right and then there's a formula two and if you want to make it to formula one you step up and if you're not cutting it in formula one you're going to get dropped back down to formula two and they're going to bring i see just from my business state of mind the way i think about things if i was running it that's the way i would do it you know what i mean and it, you know, do you, do you have a, do you have a, uh SX2 class or, or something like that? You know, a little more racing every night And the the people who don't qualify into the factory level, they do uh, a, another main event down below, you know, the privateer class. I don't know how, how they would do that. Uh, you know, it, it bodes well for arena cross, you know, if guys aren't going to make it into the mains and supercross, they're going to go to arena cross and the arena cross series is exciting as hell. I mean, uh, we got uh uh, J-Law coming back out. Now, I don't know if you've seen the post he put up the other day, but you know, I'll give 500 bucks to anybody who could knock me down twice in the season and then uh, finish the main ahead of me. I mean, come on, dude. We got J-Law back, so – Uh, You're going to see arena cross blood, but I I, just, just just to me, I see that. I I think that's the only way it stays viable. You know, if you're going to have all those factory efforts, you are going to have some factory guys that aren't qualifying. So what happens to the privateers and the privateers are the heart of the sport. Right. So I think in the wintertime, you're going to see a lot of those guys, they're either going to have to open up another class in the stadium at night to accommodate the privateers. Or those guys, I think, are going to go arena cross make- racing because some of those guys made some really good money. And One of the things arena cross did that was really rad was they did the uh, motovate where fans could go in there and, you know, give 20, 30 bucks. And I know a couple guys that held the week after they did the uh, race, they uh, they still got a thousand bucks, you know, and you weren't getting out in supercross. So it's kind of cool for them, right? And then they can work on getting their skills and their fan base up. And then if somebody's falling out in supercross you know, Hey, this guy's killing it in the arena cross series. Let's, let's bring him up. You know, I, to me, I think that's the way it's going to go. I think that's kind of a natural flow and it makes sense. And, uh and then motocross, you, you know, you got all those gates, you know, it kind of would stay the same way, you know, and uh, you, you need, you need the privateers in the sport. I mean, they're the beating heart of it, right? With, without the privateers coming up, you got nobody to race against. Then you just got three guys at a practice track running fast laps. Nobody's going to watch that. Right. So that, I'm glad I'm not, you know, Davey and the guys at Feld right now having to figure out what the hell to do because you need to keep those people involved in in coming in and in racing for dies, right? But um yeah, to me, that's just the way I see it going. But I think the the state of the sports really healthy right now with uh with World Supercross coming in and us getting the SMX rounds. I mean, it was so rad to see. the the transparency on the payouts, I I can't remember if it went to the teams, teams paid it out or went directly to the rider, whatever, but the money, the money was there. And for whatever reason, it's finally there, but it's, it's good. It's progress for the sport. And uh, everybody, everybody wins on it. And uh, Feld couldn't have asked for a better outcome on the uh, SMX, you know, finishing up at LA. I mean, there was a buzz around the stadium that night. It, It did. It was like static electricity everywhere. It was pretty, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, mate, obviously
0: so many events going on there and so much happening. And obviously with the track itself and the format, it certainly created an interesting sort of, you know, series really, didn't it, that SMX? So we were you a fan of the double points, triple points? And I guess it's interesting what you're saying about the format, for supercross and motocross, maybe needing a tweaking in the future, mate. So it's certainly exciting conversations to have, interesting putting them into place, but You know, it's pretty impressive that, you know, Feld and MX Sports have come together in the first place to do this SMX series because obviously there's a lot of different stakeholders and they want to always promote their own product. So coming together, it's a pretty cool development and, you know, there's a great TV package associated with it that's come from it. And, you know, joining forces, it can only be seen as a good thing for motocross and supercross in America just to elevate it even further than it already is because it already is like the mecca of motocross in the world, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the, I like the uh, the tripling of the points because if you had a bad weekend in, in the first round, and you did pretty good the second round, and absolutely killed it in the third, you know, it kind of washes it away. So it, it it incentivizes you to do better towards the end, you know, because if you do great the first round and the second round and bomb the third round, you're 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 up the creek, right? So it made things very very interesting. Um, I mean. I think everybody wanted to see the, the Sexton and, uh, and Roxen and, and jet battle. And then, uh, the, uh, Deegan thing, you know, that, that sucks that Hunter got hurt, you know? Um, yeah, I, I would have loved to see how that night would have worked out, but, you know, if Shimoda, he, he, he gave him the business that first race, you know, uh, Shimoda's the real deal. He's gonna, he's gonna be a factor next year. And, uh, I, I like how Hayden went back and just got himself together and did what he needed to do. You know, he, he's, he did what a champion does. You know, he, he got his ass kicked in that first moto and he, he took his licks and came back and, and swung for the fences and came out on top. That's uh, American as it gets right there. You know, yeah, absolutely. He have right. flip, but he was on top of the box, right? Yeah, well said, mate. We can't wait to see him at the nations in
0: the future. Obviously, Team USA had a lot of issues surrounding that this year with the teams and not wanting people to go and not wanting to pay for people to go. And it was just, I think it was a one-off year. We're hoping, mate, next year, hopefully at Madeley Basin, which is a track. All the riders love, all the US guys say, Yeah, that's one track I'd love to ride. The big jumps, you know, huge sections, big long rutted areas. You know, it looks like the funnest track. All the riders I talk to love it in America, (laughs) love it in US and And I've been Jack Chambers. I spoke to recently. You know, based at doing the MX2 in MXGP paddock, he was saying he loves that track. It's huge jumps. And just your take on the MX of Nations, mate. Team America, all the drama surrounding that. And. This year's edition certainly didn't disappoint, even though Team America, from your perspective, didn't have the best weekend. But yeah, Team France are on another level and Australia getting their best result. The Lawrence brothers, Jet especially, shining, you know, phenomenal skill, talent, mindset, adaptability, him and and having that battle, you know, could be pretty awesome next year if you have, you know, you could hypothetically have Sexton, Tomac, Deegan, Lawrence brothers, and how good's next year shaping up, mate?
1: I think it's going to be awesome. And, you know, we, we do need to figure out how to, to field an american team i mean in the 80s we were untouchable uh you know uh is there too the, much it, racing in
0: america is that going to hinder it obviously too
1: yeah i mean maybe maybe we need to saw off one more national and one more supercross give these guys a little more break and but we need to if the rest of the world's out there doing it we need to do it you know uh we need to be there and that's my opinion you know uh I'll, I'll tell a little David Bailey story uh, uh, that I think is pretty cool about Majora in 86. We were uh, at a benefit a couple years ago for when Mickey Diamond got hurt and you know, we're at pole position in Corona, California. And there was a picture of David at 86 Majora kind of hopping over this hip jump to the right. And you see this arm sticking up over the fence towards David and David's maybe eight inches away from him. Well, I ended up bidding on that picture and I won it. So I went and had him autograph it. And he goes, I'll tell you a cool story. And he goes, see how this guy's reaching up right there. And he's all you can you could just see the top of the little hip jump they were going off of. And he was like, there was like a far rut on the right. And then he was like two ruts over. And he goes, I had to move over. And I go, Why? And he goes, because those crazy bastards were trying to grab us off our bikes, (laughs) you know. And and you weren't shit, right? (laughs) You know, and I was like, No way. And he goes, Yeah, those fans are just insane over there dude they they're they're all about it you know and i was like whoa that's pretty cool you know so the the motocross donations matters right you know and so i want to see america there i want to see us field our best and you know uh you, christian coming off the couch with that injury like that and representing us that's badass right there and rj you know that guy's dangerous at any time and then hey send an ap over there to represent america i don't care if he had two broken legs and two broken arms just send him over there dude we're going to be happy you know that guy's just that guy just has a glowing neon light above his head that just screams america you know and and, and we love the guy's just great you know so uh winning it last year that was unbelievable um it was an eye opener seeing jet win that race on a 450 we we're like oh shit <laughs> I think everybody in the world went, oh shit, <laughs> you know here comes here comes Jetson, right? And' uh, be interesting to see what Hunter does. but uh, you know, uh, one, one thing I went to uh, Farley Castle with Ping and Fro uh, in August, and uh, Reedy and everybody was over there, and I got to see my first Euro track, right? And one the rocks and this were huge, hard packed, slickered slicker than can be. I mean, it's a completely different riding style uh the way they prepped the tracks and how narrow it was and then kind of seeing the track walk at uh erne this year i was like oh that kind of you know it's kind of that european style you have to come into a different mindset different suspension setup and the tracks here are hill deep as hell uh rut up really really deep and uh you know you'd see billy mack and those guys uh on their 500s just getting it and Reed and Ping and Fro were out there getting it. And these guys were just walking, you know, cause they know how they ride those tracks. They've got those tracks dialed. It, it was impressive. It was like, Fro's like, I'm going to build the baddest ass 500 next year. Come over here. And we're going to get some, you know, <laughs> he, he's like, we're just going to build something bad, you know, kind of joking, but there there's mad respect, you know, for those guys to say that about uh, Billy and uh, those other dudes over there, that that's, that's pretty impressive, you know they, they definitely had the guy's respects. Poor Ping he he whole shot his first race and something happened and uh, somehow it missed that he got gas in his tent and he ran out in the back.'m I'm, I'm running around in the field going, where the hell's David? you know shit did he? did He just wad up off the stair steps, you know, in the back over there, those stair steps, those were where everybody sat and watched the jousting when the castle was up and running, you know, 800 years ago. And I'm like, I'm just picturing him lawn darting himself off that thing on that hard packed slick rock. I'm like, great, and I'm gonna have to feed him with a spoon for the rest of the week and then get him home. But uh, it turns out he just ran out of gas. In, in fact, the one who lawn darted was Emmick, and he ended up stuck between a couple of hay bales. Like, one of these days, she's gonna try and convince him to give me the GoPro footage so we can see him stuck. <laughs> the table. I don't think Fro is gonna cough that up, but uh, um, but all in all, European race fans were awesome. I I can't wait. I hope I go back to England. I learned uh, be very very careful of the local women and drinking beer uh, will uh, make you look dumb. Um, I got I got drank under the table by a hundred pound girl. Uh, that, that was humble. <laughs> But her husband just looked at me like, you're in trouble, mate. Okay. <laughs> so and then me drinking is few and far between. So uh next next year I think I'm gonna put a curve on that and just uh, enjoy the racing. But the fans were awesome. The weather I don't think could have been any better. Uh that that uh Farley Castle was just gorgeous. You know, I, I, I can't wait to go back and and I think yeah it, it was just awesome i can't wait to do it but yeah to kind of say what you're saying i think mhgp is firing on all eight it's really good um uh, the motocross Nations is rad america needs to figure it out we need to figure out how we can get on board so we can send our best and come in firing and and show you what we guys you guys what we can do and uh and uh when the world supercross finally figures out to get through their growing pains i think the sport as a whole is just gonna go apeshit you know i think that's how we get to the next level
0: yeah well said mate it's just such an awesome sport it's still a pretty niche sport very small compared to a lot of other sports out there and just spreading the word because once people get into moto they love it so it's just getting those initial fans in and i guess engaging with them I guess World cross You got to give them credit for doing that, spreading around the world. That's a a way to do it, definitely, because there's so many dirt bike markets out there that are just waiting to be tapped into, like you said, mate. So absolutely awesome. And just to go back to that Farley trip, mate. Some of the local lads certainly had some speed, and they were certainly, you know, the guys like Reed and Emig and Ping. They were certainly under the pump some of those races. When I was talking to James and talking to Jeff Emig about it, they certainly uh, gave you guys a good run for their
1: money, didn't they? Yeah, I mean those those guys those guys uh, they definitely knew that track, and hey the size of those rocks on that track with a 500 if that 500 gets in front of you i I think i would just pull over and let that bike get out of stone's throw i mean uh, there 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 ain't no pride in being a media guy (laughs) you know go ahead bro i'm not trying to get beat up reed looked like somebody took a baseball bat to his arms and chest my back was god he's just black and blue and i got a gopro somewhere uh throw uh eating some roost coming around uh the second turn and you should you, there's some colorful metaphors and there's a, you know and it, it's just comedy you know but those rocks were huge but uh yeah competitive it, uh, nature of those bikes still
0: comes out even though they're retired and on the other side they're still after it aren't they
1: oh when hey you when a 500 two-stroke uh hits the power band you better you better be on your a game to get it but old reedy he hadn't raced in like I think he said six months and you know, he knocked the dust off and got after it. And Ping still hauls ass. I, and you know, I think in the last year his riding's got better. I remember, uh, one of the, uh, fellow media guys, uh, who rides here in the States, uh, Kiefer. I mean, he was telling the uh, ping at the Yamaha launch at Paris raceway. at ride Paris. He, uh, he's like, dude, your riding's gotten a lot better. You know, you've gotten a lot better the last year. And he, and he has, he's been riding a lot more. He's, uh, got back in shape and ping gets down dude that, that guy still haul ass dude uh and he'll whole shot the shit out of you he weighs 11 pounds you know so he straps onto that 450 he's gone you know uh he gets after it uh but uh yeah yeah i'd never seen anybody race the 500s before in my life i'd never seen a 500 race and it, it was impressive to see billy mckenzie and those guys get after it those dudes know what they're doing. And uh, I mean, hey, Fro won the donations on a Cowie 500. Uh, he knows his way around a 500. I'd love to see Fro get on a 500 next year out there and, and uh, train and get ready for it and see if, if the old man still got something for Billy Mack and those guys, you know, so yeah, Fro hadn't forgot how to ride a bike.
0: Oh yeah, mate, there's some serious heavy hitters there and it's cool that they're going to these events and, you know, fans just love it. They're just lapping it up. It's not every day they get to see the heroes like that. And I guess it's pretty cool for you as well, mate. It must be so awesome for you working with someone like Ping and so much to learn. He's such a heavy hitter in the industry. He's kind of been and done everything. So you must just sort of pinch yourself, one, at being able to work with someone like that and two, at doing the job you do, being able to talk to all the writers and industry people. It's pretty awesome. I know I do. It's sort of incredible, really. It's a great opportunity. I'm always grateful for James for allowing me to do it and handing me the role. So it's a similar position for you, I guess, too, mate.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a trip, dude. I, sometimes I'm like, wow, I can't believe I'm doing this. I remember um, not too long after Red Bull straight rhythm, we built that. We had, we, we worked, uh, that was David's 250 that Roxen rode, road and Mitch built it. And, you know, it was Dave's bike and we uh, we had the road to recovery golf tournament in Mecula and we had it sitting out there and Dave just had too much shit. And he goes, Hey, take this thing home. Cause the next night we were doing uh Bob Hanna's show at uh, Glen Helen so I'm driving down the highway and I'm like, I can't believe this guy gave me this 252 stroke. And at the, at the time, you know, straight rhythm was maybe like a month before that, that was probably the most popular 252 stroke in the world at that time. And that thing's in the bed of my truck. And I'm like, this guy's out of his goddamn mind. Let me take this thing. You know, I just first started with them and I was never more nervous in my life driving down the road in my truck. And it was funny the next day I was driving up to, uh, Glen Helen with it. And the closer I got to the track, people, you know, Especially in big lifted trucks, would come by and then kind of hit the brakes and back up. And they'd, you know, they'd get alongside my truck and look at it and I'd get thumbs up and shit. And then pulling into the track, you know, I had to have the security guard kind of come stand around my Ford, you know, and people yeah. were mobbing it. Hey, could you get off my truck, please? <laughs> you know, finally ended up kind of driving the wrong way on the track and pulling in this little back parking lot so people would leave my car alone. But uh, yeah, it, it's been crazy, some of the stuff. And uh, some of the people I've met, uh, uh, in fact, uh, probably a, a week ago, we went up. Two weeks ago, we went up to LACR uh, to film a f- uh, 50th anniversary Yamaha, 50th anniversary edition Yamaha. And uh, Gary Jones was nice, uh, nice enough to lend us a 1974 YZ250. Which you guys got to go check that on on Whiskey Throttle's YouTube channel. Our our new guy Nate did something rad. It's it's the two pings, and it's David riding the YZ450 and the old school YZ250 and somehow I don't know how through what voodoo he used but it shows them both whole shot and you know taking off their start walking up getting on the bike it's so cool you know you'd swear it was an actor getting on there with Dave but no David did both uh launches and somehow he melted it together it's pretty cool but we, we had uh Gary Jones bike and we took it back and I'm sitting there, and Gary lives up in the high desert. And I, you know, it just kind of hit me. David and him are talking, and I go, "I'm sitting in Gary Jones's yard, shooting the shit with him, looking at his bike. Like, this is cool, you know. Like, how cool is this? You know, some some folks might not know who Gary Jones is over there, but Gary Jones is the guy who developed the YZ. And when he uh, he started racing that bike for Yamaha in 1968, and developing it, him, and his dad, and his brother. And they took the bike, and uh, when they sent it back to Japan, Gary wrote A to Z on the tank because they'd gone everything through everything A to Z, and uh, Yamaha engineers just knocked it down to YZ. So everybody out there in the world, if you've ever ridden a YZ motorcycle, Gary Jones is the reason it's a Yamaha YZ. He is the one. If, if you come to America and you go to an outdoor national, the the 450 national championship trophy is the Gary Jones or Gary Jones Cup, you know. So. Uh, you know just to find yourself sitting in this guy's yard shooting the shit he's the nicest guy if you didn't know anything about moto you would just think he was some old farmer or something you know we like to tinker with tractors and race side by sides and razors and he's still out there racing uh, the vintage classes and stuff like that so it, it's cool uh, motocross is the most uh, accessible sport out there imagine you could never get access to like lebron james uh, not that i would want to you know, uh, or or baseball or football. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some pretty cool guys out there who give you the time of day. But the industry as a whole, where can you go and get that much access yeah, and yeah. go through the on and meet all these folks and go to all these races and they're all just cool as shit. You know, um, so like so you know, fans too, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's it's mm-hmm. great for the fans, and you know, you get all that kind of access. But all those guys, all those guys, at the end of the day, they're humbled. They you know, they yeah. realize their careers were you know there's a couple of guys out there that could use a, a pen to pop their head a little bit and uh, let some air out of it uh, some of them are a little big but for the most part they're all really really good dudes you know and they're they, they really are they blue collar work their ass off they know what it. you have to be a hard worker to succeed in motocross daddy can buy you everything you know, like that's one of the biggest pet peeves i think i have when people talk bad about deegan mm. yeah he his dad he came from a lot of money. His old man gave him the tools he needed, but you could have every tool in the toolbox and be the world's shittiest mechanic. And so, hey, you know, Brian didn't do the riding for Hayden. Brian, Brian didn't get Hayden out of bed at five in the morning, go go run a couple miles, and ride motos before he went to school in Temecula. You know, nobody did the work for him. He he did the work. He deserves everything he's got, you know? So um, even the guys at the very, very top, they've got that blue collar mentality. You've got to work your ass off. And I think that draws a lot of people to it, you know? Yeah.
0: it's Sort of quite relatable in many ways, isn't it? Working so hard to make it happen for yourself. And the mindset's got to be there, which is something you got to admire about Deegan as well. Cause you can't cheat it or you can't fake it. The work that he puts in shows in the, on the track. So he's obviously, it's absolutely brutal. The work they go through, mate, they absolutely just kill themselves. They're just on the edge. So often, every time you put your leg over a bike, let alone doing the gym, doing the cycling, they're just really on the limit. And obviously, that has consequences. They get sick quite often, the immune system's under a lot of pressure, not got a lot of body weight, body fat, all this kind of stuff. So you got to admire them and respect them, mate. Even the privateers, they're just some of the best riders in the world. It's just like a joy to watch them, isn't it, mate? You see these guys in person, it's just it's like mind-blowing just to see how good they are, even some of the local guys around the areas. It's just incredible, mate. So just to be able to watch them and seeing people succeed is really cool. And you can only really respect them, like you said, mate, in the grand scheme of things because, you know, they really don't get paid enough for what they do. Obviously, I cover soccer as well. And you talk about European football backup goalkeepers, 50,000 a week, euros, pounds, American dollars. And some of them don't even play. They maybe play five to 10 games a year, if that. So these moto guys, they definitely get paid enough, it, which is another good thing why that extra money's been introduced because they certainly deserve it and earn it, don't they,
1: mate? Yeah, they do. And it, it's great guys like Deegan and, and guys like uh, Jet being the personalities they are. I think they're going to bring in outside money from to the sport. They, they're just big personality people. Um Hayden's going to bring in that pro America Billy badass kind of money. And everybody just loves Jetson. You know, everybody wants to be around that guy, you know, and, and, uh, and then that's another kid, you know, who worked his ass off came from absolute nothing, you know, and, uh, you really got to credit, uh, Dazzy and Brian for, for, uh, keeping them, you know, either one of those kids could have probably spun off the rails and got a big head real quick. Those that first year. And, uh, no, I think I think behind closed doors, Dazzy and uh, Brian probably both uh, checked him pretty good from time to time, and and you need that. I know coming up uh, when I started my career, I got cocky, and my old man was the first one to smack me upside my head. You know, and uh, I think corporal punishment is good sometimes with children. You know, you need to whack yeah. them upside, the and say, "Hey, tighten up. You're not that good." You know, and I could definitely, especially especially Brian, I could see him saying, "Hey, dude, come on." You're not there yet, you know, and uh, I know da- talking to Dazzy, I don't know if you've ever talked to Dazzy, but he's he's real down to earth and pretty open book. And, you know, he he keeps them humble, you know, and if, if they don't stay humble, then karma just has kind of a way of coming up and, and humbling you, you know. So I think his par- both their parents are pretty smart and have uh, figured that out. And it's probably a lot of the key to their success, hard work and staying humble.
0: Yeah, well said, mate. Obviously, they know what it takes. They know the sacrifice needed. They're fully motivated. A lot of good, strong character building in motocross, mate, because it's kind of all on you and especially maybe more so from guys coming from overseas. They're definitely all in There's kind of no going back. Like with the Lawrence brothers, you can just tell, you know, how much they wanted to make it happen and they've made it happen. So it's so cool. And just, you know, like with Deegan, he's obviously got the discipline and he's maturing really quickly. So he's got a lot to contend with all that media, all that outside noise. It's really impressive how he manages it all, mate, that's for sure. And just getting back to you, mate, with your job, I guess, how have you found you deal with the setbacks and challenges that you face in both your walks of life? both your jobs, mate, and just describe yourself as a person. And I particularly like what you said about, you know, definitely there's times where discipline needs to be, you know, taken against yourself. You know, it definitely, failures is a good thing sometimes, but also knowing consequences of your actions is an important thing to remain responsible and accountable for what you're doing. So maybe that gets lost a little bit this day and age, but I guess when we were growing up, it was certainly quite at the forefront, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. I mean, hey, growing up, I think half the reason I ended up, I don't want to say successful, but done done well in my other career was I made every mistake in the book. I mean, yeah, I could uh, roll out a laundry list of stupid things I did and uh, mistakes I made and, oh, God, I can't believe I did that, you know. Right. And sometimes you, there's some people who get it right out the gate and don't make those mistakes. And, and, and then there's people like me where I've got to run headfirst into the wall to to figure it out, you know. And I, I learned by my mistakes pretty good, you know. so. Um, but you know, like with COVID and all that, that was, that was pretty tough times, you know, things slowed down a bit, thought everything canceled, the motocross canceled. I mean, I was like, shit, I've got no turnaround work in the refineries or the mines. I don't have any motocross to watch. It, it sucks. And, you know, I think Ping kind of caught onto that. That's why he was inviting me over to the shows. You know, that was such a good mental thing for me to like just get my moto fix right you know it probably kept me from getting myself in a lot of trouble you know You know, uh but with me i i still traveled and i never i never stopped i uh i won't get into the political side of it but i just did my own thing you know if i'm gonna get it i'm gonna get it if i die i die you know whatever I'm just gonna go and, and live life you know i'm not gonna you know it's kind of like after 9-11 you got to get back out there and just keep living right so i just did my thing and did as much normal stuff as i could and as it came back it was like okay cool you know but uh the the moto thing i thought that was pretty rad that we were the first professional sport to complete a series you know uh it was really really weird watching salt lake uh with no fans in the stadium why they did it in the day i don't know i wish they would have done it at night it would have looked good on tv i think it would have looked a little better on tv but uh they got it done had to tip the hat to them and uh you know i was glad we got it but i'm glad we were through it and hope to god we never deal with that crap again
0: yeah well said mate absolutely and i guess looking for your role plans for 2024 at whiskey throttle and the rest of the year obviously you've got some pretty exciting things in the works i'm sure more bike tests more moto coverage more cool interviews you do a great job with the podcast you guys so just tell us a little bit about the platform and what's in store because i'm sure you're doing heaps of work behind the scenes to expand and elevate
1: mate oh world domination's the goal right <laughs> <laughs> now no, we're uh we're making a push right you know there's several other big entities here in the states uh you know, some of the guys are really, really nice. Uh, you know, I would like to give a shout out to Michael Antonovich from Swap. When I first started doing this stuff uh, for Ping, it's was kind of running around, you know, just eyes wide open, like, oh, crap, man. What did I get myself into? And I think he kind of noticed that. And he could have been a royal jerk and, you know, just shined me on, like, whatever, bro. He could have cool guy. Mean No, that dude showed me the ropes around the nationals that first year and was super cool. Any questions I had. uh, So I got a lot of respect for that dude. Right. You know, and he didn't have to do that and he's a competitor, but uh, you know, that, that dude was pretty rad to me. Um, but as far as uh we're just trying to do things our way, right. You know um, a little bit of a punk rock mentality over here. I'd like to jokingly say we're the bad news bears of uh, <laughs> moto me, right. You know, you get this, six foot one 270 pound oaf works in the oil fields we've got uh we've got a younger kid uh nathan avila who's doing our uh, filming and you know kind of the the big cheese when it comes to the to the um youtube and all you know we got kyle cowling but uh doing doing the show with ping and he he kills it that guy's just a a uh, complete professional with Kyle and Nate's a protege of him and he's got great style and vintage. And if you look at some of our recent YouTube stuff, I really, really like the way he's doing stuff. So, you know, getting Nate on board and, and giving him the creative freedom and tools to do what he wants. Uh, um, you know, I, I think he's a little eyes wide open running around with a guy like me and ping, you know, and uh, you know, you know, ping in, in American motocross media, ping's the only guy who was ever a factory racer, or has a supercross win. So there, there's a little bit of a differentiator between our competitors. You know, everybody knows moto and knows the sport, but when, when ping tells you, Hey, look, this is the way it is in the teams and, and stuff like that. Yeah. He's been out of it for a while, but he's, he stayed connected. And he was, and he was also the only guy who was a team manager. You know, a lot of people forget that he managed TLD, you know, until he decided to go and become a firefighter. so, the the pedigree that he brings to it with the media there there's a lot of credibility there and then in the vintage motocross side our our vintage iron project uh, we got rick and rick is the man you know he's the og when it comes to vintage motocross in america there's nobody nobody else that can touch him so we've we're doing a lot of stuff in the mo in the vintage world and then uh, Bruce Morada, um, he's another one of our teammates. Bruce ran, was kind of the guy at Alias. He was the face of Alias uh, Moto Gear and did a lot of stuff with R.J. Hampshire and all those guys. And and Bruce is, God bless him. He's probably the nicest guy you'll ever meet. I mean, if everywhere I go, oh, you, Bruce Morada's working with you guys. Oh, Bruce is the man. I've heard that more times, you know. And he's just. Just a great dude. Just the most sincere per- person you've you've ever met in your life, and so we've just got a rad team, you know. Between Nate and Bruce and Rick, and I, I, I can't forget about uh, Brent Bowser. Brent Bowser, he he lives up in Bakersfield. He's an oil guy too, so I dig that dude. And he he does our he does our moto podcast for uh, the Off Road Rhetoric and the Amateur Spotlight. And he, you know, he, he was kind of another guy just hit ping up, you know, same kind of thing I did. He hit ping up and Hey man, I want to get involved. You know, uh, he's, he, you know, and he's just killing it. The the guy is very well-spoken uh, does very well on those, on those pods. And, uh, and he's just getting better every time he does it. So we're just all kind of coming together and growing together and ping's kind of like the quarterback, you know, he's calling the plays. Right. And uh it's just been an absolute blast we got this new guy adam who just came in and uh, he's a firefighter um, buddy of pings uh, kind of knew him affiliated with him in the fire industry and wants to get involved test writing so we've got a good group of test riders. Uh, we've got a young guy named Jason Picara who does some test writing for us and that guy that kid rips you know he just did the nationals as a privateer this year and kind of goes back to what you're saying you know even the guys that sometimes don't make the make the big show at the nationals, they will wax your ass. <laughs> I was watching Jason out of LACR the other day on a 125. And I'm like, I wouldn't even attempt that on a 450, dude, <laughs> you know? And um, so we've we just got a great team. We're gelling. Everybody who's here now uh, on the team is just gelling. We all get along. We talk all the time, coming up with ideas and just try to hit things from different angles. You know, I, I kind of look at it from like a boxing analogy. You don't just stand straight in front of somebody and punch them in the face. You better have an angle, right? Yep. and so you know we come at things from different angles and different ways of doing things and if people don't like it cool people like it hey here we are whiskey throttle media you know so, uh just just having a blast i think when you're you're having a good time when you and your career are having a good time it's just infectious and it spreads and yep. that's
0: at it sounds like the dynamics pretty good mate it's kind of a no nonsense but having fun you know you guys convey your opinions and your messages really effectively and you have a great crew you've got the right people in place to do the job and that's half the battle isn't it mate and i guess all sharing that passion for motocross and what make whiskey throttle as good as it can be is kind of a recipe to success isn't it
1: yeah 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 that that's it and uh as long as I get to, you know, pick on ping a little bit and have a little fun with him and j- poke him and jab him, you know, I, he pokes and jabs me all the time. Big oaf, you know, it, it's just fun. You know? If it ever becomes a job, I'm going to tell him, hey, you're going to have to fire me, dude. <laughs> you know, I, want, I want it to be, I, I always, I want to get up. It's it's one of those deals where they tell you find something you that you don't consider work. Like you just get up and you're stoked to do it. You know, I just, I get up and I'm stoked to do it. You know, when we get done here, I'm going to go down and meet, uh. Ping and uh Lou and those guys at uh Elsinore and we've got the Lake Elsinore Grand Prix coming up. It's the longest running off-road race in the United States. So we got the um uh, Lawrence Lewis and Ping got the the rights to it this year and we're gonna run it. We're gonna run it a little different than they've always historically run it in the past, but you know, getting permits to run motorcycles through the city is just in, in the state of California, it's just not going to happen these days right you know so uh we're we're running it a little different but it's rad johnny campbell and dave laid out the track so you know it's got credibility it, it's sick so uh keep an eye out that uh for that on whiskey throttles uh youtube and on our social media i'll be i kind of i do probably about 75 percent of the stuff where we post on our social media so if, uh, if it sucks blame me yep. uh, if it's cool uh uh, but uh, uh, we'll be firing hard comes probably Thursday through the weekend. We're going to, we're going to be just flooding everybody with uh off-road racing, but it's cool, man. We've got, we've got the guys uh, here in America. We've got uh, uh what do they call it? Warrior built foundation. Uh, they're they're right outside the gates in Elsinore and a guy named Nick Mann started that. He was uh, a Marine and found, they built did like a bike build and kind of built it into like a, a thing for for vets for combat vets you know to, to have a, their brotherhood back you know like kind of when they were in the service and uh so they go race baja so those guys are getting ready for baja right now and uh, said hey dude we got a spot for your vendor spot you want to send some people to race we're all about the vets you know um, i'm very pro america pro pro veterans pings the same way i think everybody on our team is you know if if you took the time to Fight for this country or serve this country, then I got time for you. And you know, so we we got a couple spots out there for them. To come race, just you know, VIP treatment. Come on, boys, have fun. So we got a we got a first responders class for the vets, cops, firefighters. Uh, you know, I think uh, Ping being a firefighter is probably going to make the cops wear like a clown helmet or something. You know. <laughs> Some firefighters in the States, they like to pick on each other pretty good. So I think, I think if you're a cop and you're coming to race the MXG or the uh, Elsinore GP, you're probably gonna have to wear like a clown wig or something, something. Ping, Ping was working on that, but <laughs> otherwise. But uh we got that, we got a vintage race. We've got a 85 expert race, we got a dual sport race, which would be pretty rad. Um uh, it, It's just a cool class, just a fun time. You know, there, you don't have to have an AMA card work we're working on some stuff that uh, to to do some really fun events but we, we just want it to be fun. If you're if you're coming to do something with Whiskey Throttle, just know you're going to have a good goddamn time, yeah. you know. We're, we're we're not we we keep it fun, you know. Yeah. Uh, that I'm not going to get out of bed and go do it unless I'm getting paid big bucks or I'm having a good time yeah you
0: know, cool so. you can repay the respect and have that sense of community and yeah it's obviously that reciprocates through them too and they're big fans of what you guys do mate so it should be a pretty cool weekend really exciting plans you have ahead i guess yeah looking ahead mate is there anything else for the end of the year that you've got your eye on particularly or are you just sort of all guns blazing towards a1 mate
1: what i'm really looking forward to is just uh kind of doing this race and and uh all the the all the prep going out and filming with guys doing prep at uh for the Supercross race there's a couple of guys out there that are thinking about dusting off the cobwebs and coming out of retirement uh that uh, i've been talking to and i'm hoping uh hoping uh, that they do that that'd be cool to go film them and just just go out to tracks going out to Hemet and all those places and, and watching the guys ride and just getting prepared and, and really diving into seeing how that, that really goes. That'll be interesting for me. That's this will be my first kind of year that I've really, really done that. And then uh, at the end of the year, uh, I'm heading to Hawaii. I'm going to Kauai on the, the 30th and I'm going to go deep compressed for a couple of days. And uh, I kind of goofed up. I looked at it. My wife had us flying back on Saturday and I'm one. I go, no, you're flying back with your family. I'm coming home on Friday. <laughs> <It's just wild. laughs> you know and i can't do that you know so like a dummy i booked the wrong flight but i gotta, I gotta actually fix this this week or uh, i'm gonna be in the up the creek but uh just uh watching Supercross prep and uh get ready for that a1 it's gonna it's gonna be a good one i i cannot wait to see sexton on that number four ktm uh i'm a ktm guy I, i've got two ktms and uh so seeing sexton on that ktm with the big number four it's gonna be pretty cool and see what Jetson can do and Hunter in there with him. you know, where, how does that work? You know, you got, when's the last time we had two brothers on the line together in the same class for the same team, you know, what's that dynamic like, you know, and uh, you know, all the boys back Mookie back, you know, what's, what's he going to do, you know? Uh, and uh, Anderson, I, I think are uh, on the street, that new 24 cow is a bad machine. Mm. Heard some pretty things about pretty good things about that like i'd rather race this stock bike than you know this thing's sick like cali i think i think you're going to hear a lot of cali hit the mark with that 24 450 and uh steve anderson getting down and getting after it and and seeing Cerrillo. you know he had that stuff with his arms and it seemed like he was getting really better at the end of the nationals so hopefully he has a good off season and, and sorts that out uh i mean you know, how could you not like adam seeing and right you know uh I'd love to see him get a win. I mean, he won that. He beat Eli at the Monster Cup in 19, and that was rad. I've actually got one of his – I'm a Moto – I collect Moto memorabilia, and one of the, my favorite jerseys I have is I have one of the jerseys from that weekend from Monster Cup. Remember, uh, yeah. Sancero with the dirt on it, only 450 win he's got so far. Yeah. So. Pretty valuable little jersey. So part of me's like, oh, I hope that's the only. thing. But the other part of me's like, no, nah, man, I want him to devalue this thing. Go get some. Get go get some dubs, Adam, because I think he's earned it. You know, he he really earned my respect a lot when he yard sailed himself in Vegas, and instead of being a pussy and leaving that bike in a Hulk and, and walking off and going back to the pits, he rode a mangled ass bike back and finished the race like a man. He got on the camera camera. You know, he was tearing up. Shit, I don't think any real man wouldn't I? you know you put that much effort and time in and you got the your what a couple laps from being the champion and then just done you know i that shit i'd have been falling like a, a baby but uh here in my respect i think he learned a lot of people's respect in this country that day you know and he, he's a badass dude and i want to see him i want to see him get it up so just the buzz around 24 is just awesome can't wait to see it Yeah, so many of these dudes
0: have amazing stories and how they handle setbacks and just they're throwing so much stuff. And to keep battling on like he does, mate, obviously, you know, he's getting paid and he's on a good team, but he doesn't have to do it. You know, he wants to do it. He wants to win. He wants to be the best he can. So you always got to have the respect, like you said, mate. And I guess to close this one out, mate, because we could talk forever, but I guess if you had some advice for, I guess, any other people listening to this that might want to get into Moto Media and sort of chance their arm in the industry, obviously it's a lot of hard work, there's a lot of rejection with anything you do, you just got to keep trying and dealing with the failure, like you said, mate. So have you got any particular words of advice for anyone looking to do this thing for a job as well?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you want to do it for a job, you better be ready to travel and a uh, day at the race, say, if you, if you want to go to a national um, one of the things I, I did, I, I I think I got the first picture of Hayden Deacon's race bike when he was number 438 at Ironman. And I, I got that picture and got it to ping, and we got it up. I got the first picture. And there's a funny story I'll tell you offline about that one. But uh, <laughs> if you, if the early bird gets the worm. So I was at the track at 5.15 in the morning eating my breakfast. I don't like crowds. I don't like traffic. So I got there at 5.15. I ate my breakfast. I went and walked the track, got some cool pictures, and then I walked to pits. The early bird gets the worm. And I left there probably about eight o'clock that night, went home and then flew home the next day. There's no glory in it and you better, it's going to be hot. It's going to be dirty. You're going to walk 10, 12 miles a day at the track up and down hills, hot. You're not going to watch the race. If you think you're going to go to the, to the event as a media guy and see the race, no, you're not. You're going to watch it on TV the next day and go, Oh, I missed that. You know, but, uh, if you're going to get into Moto Media, you got to be a, a Moto nut. Don't don't do it. Don't think you're going to be clout riding because those people will sniff you out in two seconds flat and you're done. Um, you, you you've got to work. You you've got to be about it. You got to work. You got to be super respectful. If you're not respectful, you're done. If you're gonna if, if you tell somebody you're going to do something, you better do it because it'll be the last time you get to do it with that rider. You know. So uh, those guys have no tolerance for bullshit. And neither do I. And I think that's why we get along.
0: Take the chance when it's presented to you and, you know, make the most of it. Cause like you said, mate, I remember talking to Jason Thomas, like he's got a really stacked schedule, does the TV stuff, does the fly racing stuff so much in between. He joins us on the podcast, MX Vice quite regularly. He said, I guess a good piece of advice from him was never turn an opportunity down because you never know when you're going to get it again. And it certainly resonates in moto more than most because there aren't many opportunities out there. There's not many spaces available. So when you get it, make the most
1: of it and put the hard yards in too, mate. Yeah, I mean, and that guy's killed it. He did He did a great job last summer. I mean, he, he's, he, he does excellent Uh you know a big fan of him when he was racing but uh he's he's his, his his uh media style he's 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 doing pretty good you know he's he's very smart uh knows the sport and uh yeah you know imagine if he just was kind of like no nah, I'm gonna stay with the fly thing you know and uh the one person I'd like to see back in Moto Media get back in is Daniel Blair. Uh mm-hmm. Daniel if you're listening come back. Uh not not that Daniel's listening to Jeff. Oh I gotta hear Jeff Beaver's podcast playing <laughs> who but uh uh, he did a fantastic job. I think that was uh, in the moto industry. I think Daniel not being in there on the broadcast is a loss. Uh, that's a net loss for us, uh, in my personal opinion. I'd love to see him back. They need to figure out a way to get him in there. I don't know why he's not in there. I don't care. But I think people out there, we want Daniel Blair back. You know, he just killed it. Yeah, mate, he had so much
0: good insight
1: and just that sort
0: of fun vibe and he was always willing to have a laugh and he would sort of get carried away with the moment too, mate, which is sort of, you know, obviously there's different ways to approach jobs like that, but the professionalism is obviously key. But yeah, sometimes having that emotion is really awesome too, isn't it, mate?
1: Yeah, yeah, that that dude was rad. But yeah, that's, if you want to get into it, you better be willing to work your ass off. That's all I got to say. Yeah, mate, well said. And I wanted to touch on, before we let you go, just some of the key
0: influences on getting to where you are today. And if you want to thank anyone and tell the fans where they can follow you, Whiskey Throttle, and just check up all the awesome content you guys are producing. And, yeah, it's been a blast having a chat,
1: mate. Yeah, I've got to thank Ping. Yeah, I thank Ping and his wife and his kids for welcoming him in. You know, they're like family now, you know. And uh, kids call me Uncle Jeff, and I'm like, oh, you're in trouble. (laughs) You know, but... uh, uh, and I think they like having a big O running around, keeping the boys from coming up and talking to them. I kind of scare them off. but uh, So just just fun, you know, kind of made a fam. you know, good, good buddies with Ping. I got to thank him, Bruce, you know, Rick, Nate, um, everybody on, on the team. I got to thank them, uh, all the racers and the riders for, you know, in the teams and the mechanics for taking the time to talk to me. You know, they're all busy. Um, one more thing to touch on um go on press day and talk to those guys race day leave them the hell alone you can, on race day and come by and say hi talk to them after the races i'll give you a little advice from media guy let them do their thing it'll go a long way but uh yeah just thank the crew thank my wife for supporting me in doing this because if it weren't for the if the colonel said no i'd be sitting at home watching the tv depressed as hell taking valium you know i don't know what that would be doing. I'm drunk drinking eating valium you know but uh yeah. And thank you for you having me on, you know, and, uh, getting my, getting my story out there. You know, a lot of people ask me how the hell did you get into this? And, you know, and so I spend time telling that story, but, uh, I had a blast. I hope to come over to Australia sometime and we'll go have a beer. Um, we'll keep it at one beer. I'm not trying that <laughs> way. Uh, Maybe we can talk James into getting you to come back for far to Farley next year. Well, we'll have a good time. Man. Uh, that was an absolute blast. You know, um, we, uh, we we brought crusty demons and dirtbag me and uh, ping and uh, fro uh, ended up in a minivan on the start straight while James was shooting something. I'm like, dude, drive out there. Let's you know <laughs> we, all, we were gonna turn around and go. I'm all, dude, don't be a pussy. Drive down the start straight. He's like, yeah, we gotta fucking go for it. So we hauled ass down the start straight and uh, it was straight up crusty demons and dirt getting sideways. I know James has got that film. He's got to have him send you that video, dude. You'll yeah. die. Shit. It, <laughs> Yeah. Good times. Good people. And uh, thank you to everybody who's just given me the opportunity and the time of day. Yeah, mate, it's awesome. It's really cool to hear your story. And
0: uh, yeah, definitely respect to the wives, mate, because they're key players in what we do and all the support. And it's awesome, mate. And all the best for everything with Whiskey Throttle. And definitely been a blast having a chat to you, mate. We'll definitely get you back on to talk racing, do like a part two. And I'm sure we'd probably go on forever with this one, mate, because it's really interesting to hear your insights from America and working with so many heavy hitters and being like right deep in the industry where so much happening around where you guys are with all the teams and all the relationships you have, mate. It's really awesome to see. And yeah, we'll do it again soon mate, before we let you go, we'll thank the sponsors in Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, ASU Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, O'Neill, and of course, even Strokes for all their incredible support, as without them, none of this would be possible. All right, thanks again, Jeff. Been a ripper chat, mate. We look forward to catching up again soon. Yeah, thanks,
1: man. Thanks for having me on. Thanks uh, for everybody who took the time to
0: listen. Cheers, mate. All the best.